Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Back up in this, talking about the top 10 drama yeah. of this dogs. year. Save your drama for yes. your mama. These are the big dogs, man. The big, um, dogs. the big dogs. And there is so much to talk about this year. So much so we couldn't fit it all into 10 fucking uh, shows um so do you want to you want to give a quick shout out to any shows that didn't make the list um, yeah i mean a, a couple that just sort of missed the the main talk because you know it's you yours and my choices basically going into one list um you know narco season two i thought was pretty strong i didn't think it was as it was good great. as the first season though no, it wasn't as good the first season, but it was a conclusive end to the season. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're going to keep going, though, strangely enough. They, they are, they are. Um, they I are, but that, it felt uh, like this arc was done. Yeah, but, I mean, that kind of worries me because, you know, Wagner Moren, uh, Mora uh, as Pablo Escobar was one of the main appeals of the show. Sure, um, sure, sure. I did like... Um, you know the guy. I forget his name, but the, you know, uh, Pena. You well, know, Pena. Pena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah, feel it. He's, he's he's coming back. Yeah, it, it wasn't as strong as the first season, though. You know, but it definitely it's a unique show. Uh, you know, it's it didn't disappoint me. I just felt it, it was like a little bit of a step down. Um, Penny Dreadful uh, wrapped up its third season. Um, it was a really strong season. I loved it. That's a really great underrated show. I mean, it could be really slow burn sometimes, but, you know, as like a great sort of three-season arc, a lot of fun, really good. Um, Vikings was, a great genre show. Yeah, it's a genre show. Um, Vikings, uh, season four, the first half was fantastic. Now they're starting the second half, so I didn't really feel that it's, you know, it... it it's fair to put it in the top 10, you know, since it's not finished as one really, but I, I did enjoy it. And the Americans as well. Oh, yeah, and let's not forget Billions. Billions was fucking awesome. Really good new show. Really strong. But like like we said before, there's so many good fucking shows this year that it just, you know, missed out on that top 10. But Billions is a fantastic show. Paul Giamatti versus Damian Lewis in sort of a you know, an Aaron Sorkin kind of, you know, business world, you know, really fantastic new show. But yeah, that, that's it for my, my uh, sort of uh, shout outs. Do you have any? Um, no, most of the shows I want to talk about are in this. I mean, Narcos season two definitely was one of the shows I would did, did want to talk about. Um, quick shout out to the uh, costume department of Narcos season two for all the awkward sweat sweaters that they gave for Apollo Escobar. It's like the the worst Christmas sweaters you could imagine. <laughs> right? So let's just get down into the nitty gritty for the top ten drama shows of this year. 
Bum, ba, da, bum. So number ten, mm -hmm. we got Dirk Gently, which is the gay porno movie, right? Yes, Dirk Gently, but is actually called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, not to be confused with the Dirk Gently series that was done uh, starring uh, Stephen Mangum. Mangum, yeah. Who I have to say, now, let, let's get this thing out of the way. I did really enjoy the show. But this is your pick for the top ten. I wouldn't have necessarily picked it. One of my major criticisms is I do not like the guy who plays Dirk Gently. <laughs> I, 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 he's so fucking punchable. Um, yeah. I, I think, and also knowing the kind of the earlier show, Stephen Mangum really knocked it out of the park. And did a great uh, job, but they've kind of sidelined Dirk Gently in it. It's more Elijah Wood, really. As the, it is, it's and he's it's good. absolutely about Elijah Wood. He's very good. He's yeah. very good in it. I I really like him. But yeah, I mean, let's get into it though. There's a lot of great okay. about the show. So for for people that don't know what this show is about, um, it is pretty much a kind of fantasy magical realist show that is based on a series of novels written by Douglas Adams. Um, and it's been adapted for TV by Max Landis. Yeah. And, you know, I was very trepidatious about watching this show, uh, you know, initially. Yeah. I was like, okay, where is this going to go? You know, you need the right cast, the right look to make this really work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it has the look down. It has the feel, this kind of odd world, fee, the kind of feel down. Oh, it's got style uh, of the wazoo, man. Like, it's, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like one of those shows where it's like, you know, the pilot is strong stylistically and then it kind of peters off. Like, throughout the season it's got a very strong distinct style to it that holds up you know what i mean but the entire cast really sells this show besides feel. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> do you yeah, like apart from, do you like him as an actor i i hate him get out of me i hate him i hate him but i think in the this incarnation of the show I think it's fitting, right? That 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 he is annoying. You know what I mean? He's like kind of the sidekick. He he's he's kind of the sidekick, really. Even though it's named after him. Absolutely, absolutely. But you kind of go, okay, he's the annoying guy at the center of the show. It's like when I used to watch Ally McBeal. You know, I used to love that show, and you know, Calista Flockhart is so annoying, but everybody around her was so good. That you know, I love this show nonetheless, and this really feels like a little bit more of the same. Um, Elijah Wood, of course, is great, but I have to say, the standout, the major standout of this show, is Fiona Dureth. Yeah, and that's the, the crazy, uh, the crazy chick that can't die. The crazy, right? the crazy chick that can't die. 
that seems to yeah. be connected to Dirk Gently, but Fiona Dureff, who is Brad Dureff's daughter. Oh, no shit, really? Yeah. Wow. No wonder she's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. No, Brad Dourif is like one of the best character actors out there. Like, you know what I mean? He's one of those guys. He's like a Ron Perlman. Yeah. Or Lance Henderson. You know, like, he will star in some of the worst genre shit ever and just elevate that whole production, you yeah. know, by like five points just by him being in it. You know what I mean? And treating it like it was Shakespeare. Is is he in Twilight? I I can't remember. Okay. I can't, okay. I can't remember. I, I, but I think you know, like, he's, like Rings, he's Lord of the Rings is uh, Worm Tongue. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you know, like, like, like he, he's, he's in shit. He's in absolute fucking shit. But he he comes through and he is fantastic, and he's fantastic in TV. I mean, X Files. I mean, come on. Brad Dourif wow. in the X-Files. It's just... And he was fantastic in Millennium as well, you know? Like, Chris Carter used him again in Millennium, and he was amazing in that once, you know, standalone episode as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, Fiona Dourif, you know, coming from that, you know, lifeline, um, just really fucking knocks it out the fucking park uh, yeah, in this show. I have to actually say, like, as now I haven't finished the show yet. Okay. Because, okay. Um, I'm. I, I watch about. It's only like what eight episodes? Six yes, episodes? Yes, it's eight episodes. Okay, so I've seen four of the episodes, then, so I'm halfway. But I learned that um, it was all going to drop on Netflix in one go. So then I just waited. Yeah, it's, now, it, it's on now, Netflix now. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to burn through it. Um. But, yeah, I, I have to say, as far as I got, I actually look forward more to her segments than anything else yeah. in the show. So good. Yeah. So good. No, she's but even... You've seen the whole thing, then. I've seen the whole thing, yeah. And, you know, even characters that usually would be annoying, like Elijah Wood's sister character, usually that would be, like, the annoying character in the show. You know, no, the, not at all. I, I liked her. I liked her character. Yeah, yeah, like Hannah Marks. She just really is. You get so engaged with her, and um, yeah, got a great look, and you know, really kind of knocks it out the park. The rowdy three. <laughs> as well. yeah. Even though there's four, <laughs> even though there's four of them, the rowdy three. But they're such random that they call themselves three, even though they're four. Yeah. What is like one white dude, one Latino, one Asian, and one black? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I have to say, also another big standout in this series is Aaron Douglas. Oh wait, he's the 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 doofy guy, right? The stupid SWAT guy, right? No, no, no. He's the. Um, the guy that used to be the 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 the, the music superstar, who was also in Battlestar Galactica. Okay, that's past where I've I've seen it. Then I no, no, no. He's, he's in. He's oh, in no, it. no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I know the guy. Yeah, yeah. I know the guy. The... He's in it from very early on. He's got the big glasses and he's got like yeah. a weird accent and all that. Yeah. But yeah. 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 No, he's one of those guys. I I never remember his name, but he's in loads of stuff. Yeah. 
you know, because he's one of those like go-to Canadian genre TV <laughs> actors, you know, like he was an orphan black as well, you know, anything okay. they film in Canada, they, they get him in there. Yeah. And, great yeah, character yeah. actor. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I yeah, really enjoy of, like, there was loads of Battlestar Galactica people in this in the show, actually. Hmm. Like the landlord as well, the crazy landlord. He was in Battlestar. Okay, cool. Um, the fucking um, there was one more, but it, it's like because they're 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 like stock players in Canada. Whenever there's a yeah, genre yeah, yeah. show, like these guys just show up through the woodwork, really, you know. Absolutely. So I mean, this this the show has a great cast, but nevertheless, what this show is about is this kind of off-the-wall feel, you know, which a lot of shows try to capture and don't quite get. This show fucking did it hands down to feel like a bizarre world that we're not a part of. And, yeah, but yeah. One, one reason I have to say why I think it works is... Because none of it feels superficial. You feel like there's a bigger picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, and they're constantly giving us exposition in the show. And it never feels like that at all. It always comes through really colorful characters, great dialogue, um, in interesting visual ways, you know? Yeah. That we're constantly being fed information to understand this bizarre world more. And it never feels like work, you know? It just feels like light and breezy somehow you know what i mean mm, yeah it's just and fun it's just a fun show completely but also you feel like you it's it's you know there's a bigger puzzle to the piece that you're constantly kind of working to figure out more and you're intrigued by it. yeah no it's a, it's a good show I, I like this one yeah totally and uh it's just where we're getting started ladies and gentlemen so let us so me with number nine now, I never thought I would fucking be saying this, <laughs> but hmm. my number nine is uh, Bates Motel Season 4, man. All right. This is a show you weren't sure about at the beginning, you know? It, w it really didn't hit the right spots, but Bates Motel Season 4, why is this your number nine? Yeah, I mean, over something like the American season four, which was stellar, which was a great season. But, you know, like I said before, it's like you kind of get used to that show being great, that, it, you know, it doesn't shock you. You're like, of course, it was another great season. Why I think Bates Motel season four was so great was because it was a gigantic step up from anything that happened before. I mean, this is a show that's always had loads of potential. And, you know, besides some good moments in season one um, and a little bit in season two, season, I mean, uh, in season three, season two was fucking horrible. Um, you know, it never really paid that off. It's just been a show I've kind of stuck with because my missus likes watching it. And, you know, I, I keep waiting for, like, it to turn around, basically. Yeah. And season four, they fucking turned it around. It was fantastic. They really paid off um, it being a Norman Bates television show. Like, the potential was finally, you know, invested in it, you know? Uh, I mean, let, I think... It, let's get to Psycho. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's get to... to well, I mean, let's get into the, the nitty-gritty of this being a Psycho origin story, you know? 
who the fuck was Norman Bates? How did he become that guy that we saw in the beginning of that movie? And we finally get into it. Uh, Vera Farmiga has always been the high point in the show. I mean, she's kind of, you know, carried this this show through some really bad fucking episodes. She's been fantastic. Um, you know, Freddie Highmore can be so annoying in this role, but this season I really have to say he was fantastic. And I think a lot, uh, one of the biggest reasons it started to work a bit more is they know they only have one more season and they got in a really strong writer, the guy who did um, The Mechanic. He wrote The Mechanic and he did the remake for The Crazies and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a great movie. (laughs) Those other two movies are very... The the Crazies remake is fucking great, actually. It's really good. The original is pretty good as well. Yeah, I I, agree, I can agree to that as well. But it, it it didn't try to copy the original; it just did its own thing in a very interesting way. But the mechanic is really fantastic horror film. Um, he uh, Scott uh, Culvert, I think is the name. So they he's kind of co-show running this now. He wrote okay. a lot of the episodes, and you feel like it's someone stepped in and really just gave this shit a focus. Um, because Carlton Cuse wasn't didn't know what the fuck to do with the show, um, unfortunately. And I, I felt it was stellar. It was a major step up, and I felt it deserves a ninth place because a lot of people have written the show off and are not talking about it at all this year. And I have to say, no, it was it was fantastic. It's really worth watching. You got to get through three mediocre seasons to get to season four, but it's fucking worth it. But it managed to survive till season four, so that's a, a bit of a testament to you know what it's doing. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean it in this sense, like it is ratings wise, it's a popular show, mm. but the people that are watching it are not people that give a flying fuck about Psycho. Right, right, right. And that's right. what the problem was, is that they weren't catering to the audience. And, yeah. Uh, Luckily, I kind of was here, <laughs> just randomly watching the show. Like you know, I'd, I'd fucking go on my laptop or something when we watched it. But season four, I was just hooked the whole way through. It was fantastic and and really emotionally devastating by the end. It's a it's a pretty fucked up ending. So that's great. That's great. You know, I was really hoping for good things from this show. You know, and I started watching it and I bailed. Because it felt like a Dawson's Creek for 2014 or whatever, 2013, whatever it started. You know, it felt, you know, like they were in their smartphones rather than talking about the actual story. But from yeah, the sounds of it, 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 yeah, from the sounds of it, they, they threw a lot of that to the side and actually focused on the psycho element. Yes, they finally sort of, like, you know, I don't know what meeting they had, but someone said, guys, get your fucking shit together, <laughs> you know, and realize the property, you know, because that, that was the biggest disappointment was a lot of the seasons, they kind of did everything but focus on what sort of the strength of the potential was, you know, and and then it's like, well, what's the point of this show at all? And but this season they they finally got their shit together and it was awesome. Yeah, 
Great, great, great. Yeah, happy that it's doing well. All right, so number eight. All right, so number eight is a very underrated show, man. A very, very underrated on Cinemax. Yep, Quarry, man. Quarry. One. Quarry. It came out. Now, for me, originally, this was one of my underrated picks because, um, yeah, I mean, you, you've you've loved the show. I actually put you on the show. Think, yeah, right? you turned me on to this. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I wouldn't have watched this show if you hadn't turned me on to it. But you know, it has all the hallmarks of a great Cinemax show. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing was was I was checking out new pilots that were dropping. Um, Banshee, which you and me were major fans of. Huge, yeah. Despite the final season. <laughs> which um, should go into the disappointment pile, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the major directors on Banshee, uh, Greg Yatanis, yeah, had left that show in the final season. Yeah. And the reason why was because he directed every fucking episode of Quarry. Yes. And it felt like... Every single one, yeah. It, it felt like a, a spiritual sort of uh, sequel to Banshee in some ways. It, yeah. it felt, feels more like a classier version of Banshee. To yeah, absolutely. It, it, it felt more rooted. It felt more rooted in reality. Yeah, it, it's not as pulpy, but I mean, it definitely has uh, that flavor. You know, it's a very sort of like Southern film noir thing a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, 70s crime movie. You know, there's all those elements. Um, you know, Banshee through and through was very proud of being a pulpy show. This doesn't feel like a pulpy show, mm. but man, when they get into action scenes, holy fuck! You know what yes. I mean? Like, wow! Some yeah. of the most exciting action. Well, I mean, what's important? He directed like the pilot, you know, which was kind of the kickstart of Indeed. all of that. Um, yeah, he was. It was. It was executive producer exactly. on the whole. He was show. all over it, and so. That's now it kind of makes sense that he was missing. It just didn't work, and um, you know. But he's moved on to to Quarry and Cinemax. Obviously, understands what a major talent he is by giving him. Because check this out, they actually filmed a pilot for Quarry, directed by John Hillcoat. Yeah, John Hillcoat, unaired pilot. Yeah, an unaired pilot, and Cinemax wasn't digging it. So yeah. they brought they brought John uh, Hellcoat. I know. I mean, it's like what? How do you, you know? Fucking, you know, a powerhouse. Yeah. And they brought in Yatanis in, and and he directed the hell out of it. I mean, personally, I do have some critiques about it. Okay. I think it started off strong. I think the middle part really dragged, big time. Yeah, um, I mean, there were elements that, you know, were a little weaker. But, you know, just, just to, you know, before we dissect it too much, just to talk a little bit about the cast before we get there. Well, um, that, that's kind of where I was going to go with it, my okay. critique. I'm okay. not that, you know, I think the lead... Um, Logan Marshall Green? That's the guy. I like him, but one thing he lacks is charisma. You know what I mean? And I, I got to say as well, what's up with the bump on his head? That's just him was naturally. That, was, was, but happy. was that distracting to you or not? It looked like a mosquito bite. 
like, <laughs> right on the front of his head. So like, it alone, yeah. yeah. I agree, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I didn't get it. The thing is, I think one of the problems why some episodes dragged was like, say, compared to to Banshee, which this is a pretty similar story. Yeah, like Anthony Starr. I mean, he's not like fucking Lawrence Olivier, but he's a guy that, you know, if he's sitting in a room drinking whiskey, looking miserable, you're intrigued somehow. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas this guy, he's just... He doesn't have it. I mean, he's a good actor. I really like him. Yeah. But when when it comes to scenes like that, they just feel like they're fucking dragging. Like, I'm not invested. I'm just like, get over it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That, that's not to, like, fucking diss him. When You know, in the moments where he really had to bring it, he brought it. Um, but yeah. I just felt like he did, he lacked, you know, especially the final episode. When we're getting into that, like, the final, where they had that fucking incredible one take. Uh, oh, the, the, the war thing, when they go back yeah, to the, Vietnam. Uh, the war flashback, where it's like, oh. it's literally about, it, it could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's that a one amazing, amazing scene. Yeah, and his acting in it was incredible. I mean, yeah. he had really powerful moments in that. And to yeah. imagine that he did that all in one fucking take. Yeah. You know, and they probably had to redo it and redo it, and, and imagine that he had to reach all those levels. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, that was that was fucking incredible. But I know what you mean. Like, it didn't have that same magic for him. But yeah. a lot of the actors around him, yes, in that show were fucking amazing. Were fucking amazing. I mean, I have to just say, uh, Damon Harriman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was like his handler in a way, who yeah. pretty much looked like uh, a gay David Patrick Kelly from like the seventies. He does, he does. He he's a he's a big uh, name on Just uh, Justified as well. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. But does, he doesn't 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 he look like David Patrick Kelly? He completely does. Yeah. He completely does. Yeah. Yeah, and. <laughs> And but the standout for this series that really brought that element where I was just so invested into it was Peter Mullen. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but as soon as I knew his involvement was, I mean, he's never really disappointed me as as an actor, Peter Mullen. Yeah. You know, he's no. always fantastic, and he's one of those guys. You know, as we had with our our preacher problem. Yeah. He's one of those guys that is such a good actor that I don't give a shit that he's Scottish and he's doing an American <laughs> accent. Not I at know. all. I don't give a shit. I don't care. It's just like, yeah. well, I'd rather have him in the show than not. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd rather have a good actor in this role. <laughs> you know what I mean? With a bit of a hokey accent than an American guy with the perfect accent that was That's just awesome. a little lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you bring so much to it, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's I love a great, him. There's a great twist, basically, that kind of goes yeah. full circle at the end as well. Oh, the ending. The, his yeah. ending is fantastic. And I don't want to give too much away because I want people to fucking watch this show. Because nobody's watching this thing. You know? No, I mean, it's another Banshee. It's really yeah. another Banshee. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, like, whenever people ask me about like, what, to, what I'm watching, what I recommend... This is the new Banshee that I recommend to people that they should watch. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and if if I say, have you watched Banshee? And they say, no, I haven't. I actually, I I was when I was in Greece, uh, Cyprus. Yeah. And somebody asked me what what they should be watching. And I was like, well, what kind of stuff do you like? And one person actually said, I like Banshee. I was like, holy shit, you're kidding me? <laughs> Get on Quarry. Start watching the show Quarry immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only time that's happened ever. <laughs> did, did you ever watch that movie Tyrannosaur with Peter Mullen? No, he directed that, right? No, that was uh, Patty Considine. Oh yeah, Patty. No, I haven't seen it. I seen yeah, it. yeah, that's an incredible movie, man. Like really brilliant. And Peter Mullen is amazing. He stars in that movie, and he is just so, so, so powerful and. Uh, yeah, you know, like just hearing his name, like being involved with this, like you said, you know, I was just like, there's no way this guy's going to fuck this up. No. Um, but I mean, come on, Tom fucking Noonan <laughs> turning up in this show. You know, it's got an incredible cast. It's got an incredible cast. And um, this is a show that people should be watching by, by all means, you know. It really, but um, it's it's not a easy thing to say now because the quality in TV productions are so high nowadays. But some of the most exciting um, action scenes I've seen um, are on the show. I mean, just what what I love about it is sort of they they're not doing it as like this thumping adrenaline thing. Yeah, it's like they're trying to do it like. Even that, like, they have a, a car chase all done in one fucking take. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're just yeah, like... Yeah. I remember that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're just like... I mean, it doesn't feel like a big deal when you're watching it. But then yeah. you kind of think about it, and you're like, I have not seen anybody do that. Even in the cinema. You mean, not you mean when it's like the side the side view, you know, like the, the, the passenger's view of what's going on, and they're just kind yeah. of... You just yeah, follow yeah. one guy, jump in a car, and then the whole fucking thing plays out within that car. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, no, really excellent show. Like I say, I warn you, it drags a little bit in, this, in the mid, mid part, but by the end of it, trust me, just stick with that show. It pays off. And then some. And then some. Very exciting new show. Yeah. Cool. All right, what's next on the list? Black Mirror. Black Mirror Season 3. There's a lot of Season 3s coming out. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, Season 3, Black Mirrors. Have you watched all of this? I have. For me, personally, I thought it was fucking awesome. I mean, I, I loved, um, you know, the other two seasons. Yeah. Um, I did which are, feel which are like... much shorter seasons. Much shorter, much more limited in budget. Uh, have they kind of have to rely a bit more on their radical ideas? You know what I mean? Which I missed a little bit. I, I felt like they had all this budget so they could just go crazy a little bit. But at the same time, it leads to a lot of fucking cool stuff. Um, it really feels like it's meant to be. It's the show that it was always wanting to be. Really. You know, now Netflix is, like, pumping a lot of money into this. They got a lot of big-name directors. Oh, like, Jesus it feels Christ, like, yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels a lot more like an event show, like like it's always meant to feel like, you know what I mean? And I don't mean that to this, like, the earlier seasons. I, 
I, I feel like the early seasons they had episodes that haunt me still to this day, which I didn't get from this season. But in terms of like a big event, you know, kind of spectacle, I really love this season. And I think uh, yeah. Netflix even had to cut it in half because they, they actually were going to do like 20 episodes and they, or no, uh, 16 episodes and they cut it in half. So we're getting a season four next year, basically. It, it felt kind of like a reboot a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like they were getting a, a new injection of money, a little new injection of, all right, this is the new platform, and now we're going to bring it up to this level. Um, there were a few episodes that I really did like and a couple that I wasn't a big fan of. So do you want to tell me um, what episodes that you uh, were really into in this season? Yeah, um, every fucking, I mean, always the concept was that every episode is kind of like, like a mini movie, but with this season, the budget they have and the, the cast they got and the directors they got, they actually felt like real movies, you know what I mean? Like, they felt like big production cinematic things, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, yeah, so... I did really like Shut Up and Dance, which was the sort of Hitchcockian one where the guy gets blackmailed to, to do all these chores. I thought that was fun. I mean, not much kind of else to it, but I, I thought it was a gripping episode. I really I really liked uh, San Juniper, which yeah, was San the... Yeah, San Juniper, the 80s kind of style one, how it starts out, yeah. Like that yeah. was a really strong episode for me, yeah. But the the one I liked most was uh, Men Against Fire, which was the the sci-fi uh, war one. Oh, with the roaches. About, yeah, which was about you know basically a futuristic war where soldiers are fighting um, these sort of mutant people, and there's a major twist at the end. I I thought that that one was the strongest by far. At least in my book. I mean, but it kind of, I liked all of them, really. I mean, like the, but I just felt like some of them didn't totally play up to the potential, like uh, the playtest. Yeah, playtest like, was the weakest for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more that I got annoyed that they they took so long setting the concept up. Yes. And once it got into the concept, they didn't really go anywhere with it. And then it was just like fake out after fake out. Yeah, and it was that a was little predictable. One. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the one I was most excited about because it was directed by uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. And so I was like, wow. You know, when I read that premise, I'm like, wow, this is really going to be something exciting. And, you know, it had some nice moments, but it just, it, you know, it, it nowhere, it, it didn't do what it it could have done, you know. A little, uh, hid- a little Hideo Kojima shout out. I felt like there was, yeah. yeah. That guy was very Hideo Kojima esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the standout episodes were episode one, nosedive. Yeah, it was, was, was a little on the nose. No pun intended, but boom. But I've. I thought it was well directed. It, it was. It really felt like a movie. But a little yeah. bit, my problem was I felt 
it was going over um, a lot of familiar themes and sort of territory that Black Mirrors has already done. You know true, what I mean? True, 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 true. Like no, sort I, of the, I, I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah, but I felt it had a great look to it and a great feel to the episode, and I felt like, okay, this is where Black Mirror is going to go now. We're going to get a little deeper. We're going to get, I mean, solid fucking directors working on this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, fucking Joe Wright. Joe Wright did that, man. Like, he did Atonement yeah. and Anna. He did, he, major did, he did Pan, for God's sakes. Let's, let's not mention that one. Man. <laughs> All right, we'll ignore that. A blotch on his filmography that was a yeah, major yeah. flop but that's how they uh, that's probably how they got them on black mirror you know because his his yeah. uh his his uh his quote dropped a little bit i'm sure <laughs> um yeah i liked the san juniper which was episode four yeah and um actually i really liked the last episode, the fe- the actual feature length episode, yeah, with the bees, the uh, mechanical bees thing with Kelly McDonald. No, I, I, I did that one too. It just, I, I was more like, well, why does this one get a feature length? You know what I mean? Like, I I really enjoyed it, but I I didn't like I I I was thinking like, oh, I would have preferred if one of the other ones got that. Um, True. Like, I, I didn't get why that couldn't have been wrapped up in an hour like the rest. Like, why was this one deserving of 90 minutes? You know what I mean? Indeed. But I, I love that Kelly McDonald was starring in it. Um, yeah. I felt that she was channeling a little Scully in the episode, um, which is which I thought was really great. And... Um, yeah, you know, but it was a, it was a pretty much a, a movie yeah. as it stood. They're, and, they're all fucking movies. They're all yeah. pretty much movies. Yeah. And Charlie I mean, Brooker, Charlie yeah. Brooker is just a fucking genius. I gotta say, you know, like he is one of the greatest writers, you know, around in our day and age. And uh, I, I, I want to see him do a full movie. All right, so moving up to number six. Yes. It's Daredevil season two. Fucking A, man. Yes. So, you know, this was the big hit of last year was Daredevil season one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, like another Marvel show coming out, and it really knocked everything out the fucking park. And season two stepped up its game, and then some. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really liked Daredevil season one. You know, I, I liked it a lot. I didn't love it though. I have to say, I didn't. Love no. it. I was one of the few, and I'm a diehard. Were- I'm a diehard Daredevil fan. I mean. They got so much right, though. Don't get me wrong. There were moments of just pure brilliance in that series. Yes, but you felt like they were finding their footing a little bit. Also, they it was yeah. the first big Marvel um, kind of um, Netflix show where it was like, you know, the Marvel movies, they're PG-13 films, you know? Yeah. And with this, they were kind of starting to explore... 
what it would be like to kind of deliver strictly for adults storytelling. And I felt like after season one, they figured it out, you know, and, you know, yeah. I know you didn't like the show, but for me, I really love Jessica Jones. I felt it was a stronger step in that direction. And I really felt yeah. like Daredevil season two was a major, major fucking step up. I love it. I, I mean, fantastic. in terms of, in terms of Jessica Jones, I agree. There were some darker themes in there. And Daredevil Season 2 definitely tried to capitalize on that and try to kind of branch out. But this season, you know, like we've we've mentioned this before, was Daredevil Season 2, but for me was Punisher Season 0 Yeah, as well. I mean, it was a major thing, and it's an ongoing thing that sort of the Marvel Netflix shows have is that they have fantastic villains. Although amazing, I'm not. I mean, I don't want to get into Luke Cage, but I was actually pretty disappointed by that show. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's fucking villain. Not, not, yeah. uh, not, not caught in mouth, but the the guy that they they got to take over. I didn't dig that much, but um, Daredevil season two. The Punisher came in there and he fucking brought it, man, big time. It's it's the most successful yeah. rendition of the Punisher in live action done. It felt like the real kind of Garth Ennis Punisher mm -hmm. brought to life, and you know John Bernthal definitely did his research in that field. Complete. Well, I no, I, I'll disagree with you. I mean, I think. Um, Punisher Warzone. I, I actually like all of the Punisher movies. You know, they're not great movies, but they have good parts in them. And Punisher Warzone was a great sort of, like, they wanted to capture Garth Ennis, um, the feel of that. Um, but what I what I felt they brought to this one was John Burson, Bernthal. Bernthal? Bernthal? <laughs> Bernthal. There you go, Bernthal. What he gave to it was like who this guy really is. I mean, he's a broken human yeah. being. He's literally a walking time bomb. And um, yeah. he's not a hero. He's kind of, you know, just this guy who's who's just gone crazy, and, but he's just directing his shit at the villains. And um, Absolutely. He, yeah, he's, he's the Punisher, and he's also Frank Castle at the same time. Yeah. And he, he brought, like, a whole fucking level of, you know, a whole level that anyone else has, had missed, basically. Everybody else was just kind of trying to do the stoic action hero guy. You know what I mean? They were just doing Char Charles Bronson. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, with this iteration, he, he was able to take it in a whole new direction that felt really unique and... By the end of the show, you're like, yeah, I want to see a Punisher show. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean that. And I was I wasn't expecting it. I I, yeah. I didn't watch this show going. Okay, at the end of this fucking arc, we're gonna have the Punisher in his full iteration. Like I didn't feel that that I needed that, but they gave that yeah. at the very end, and it felt like, like you know, like at last. You know, a show that has the balls to fucking go all out. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, I was sold on this show the first time The Punisher came out, but really, the highlight of this season was Punisher in prison. Yeah. Yeah, once he meets up with the, the kingpin. And, and, yeah. he, when, like, and, and, and and that whole scene where he has to fight for his life. Yeah. And and you like, that was you feel like yeah. okay, these guys know what they can do without any sort of ratings. You know, they, they don't they don't feel That's like it. they're treading on eggshells anymore. They know what where they can go with this in terms of violence, you know? Uh, absolutely and it's like people were like is disney gonna have the gall to do an r-rated punisher and they did it yeah and they did it in fucking spades no and also i just loved it how you know me being a a daredevil comic book fan like i Mm. for me i finally felt like this season was like this was the daredevil comic book played out you know in terms of like how they had that arc of Punisher in in it, and then he goes into prison, and then he runs into Wilson Fisk, and yeah. you know just all these kind of intertwining sort of because Daredevil is always you know yes it's a superhero comic book, but it's always had one foot in crime stories. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's kind of yeah. been Marvel's Batman, and I mean we're not yeah. even you know the Punisher side is even just the tip of the fucking iceberg. Because we got Elektra in there, and we got a proper fucking um, whole arc with the hand in it, which is, yeah. you know, really what it's about. And, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was fucking stellar. I've heard some bad reviews about this. Like, people were disappointed in this season. They felt it was <laughs> a step down. Like, I'm like, what crack are you smoking? I thought this was amazing. I thought it was a step up. And I'm really yeah. excited about where it's going to go. I mean, if I have a... And again... I might say that sometimes on this show that Charlie Cox is one of the least interesting people on the show, though. You know what I mean? Less less than Foggy? Yeah, Foggy kind of fucking annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) He's okay, he's okay. He he won me over. He eventually won me over. But, um, you know, and it's not that Cox is bad. He's actually very good, but just, you know, he's put in that, you know, especially when he's, when you got a, a the, the season filled with like Electra who just takes people out, Punisher who just takes people out. Yeah. And Daredevil's like, no, I can't do that. You kind of are like, eh, you know, come on, man. <laughs> you got to kill some people at some point. Like it, it just becomes like a walking, talking conflict more than so, sort of yeah. like, you know, uh, intriguing storytelling but i mean he's fantastic he's fantastic anyway no it, it was yeah like like a walking dead almost it's just like you guys live in this fucking reality just deal with it and just fucking do what you need to do because you know this is what's going to happen anyway exactly kind of no I, I mean i was floored by this season i thought it was amazing I, I i really there's not a lot i could say that was bad about it you know Whereas the first yeah. season, I felt and, like it was a, a good step forward, but there were things I felt could be improved upon. I felt they improved all those things, really. Totally, totally. But yeah, Daredevil season two, definitely a, a good step in the right direction for Marvel, for Disney, owning you know, all that property. And I felt it was a gutsy move and definitely wanted to see what the Defenders bring. And definitely want to see what the fuck Punisher Season 1 brings. Yes, I agree.